Welcome to episode 194 of the No Clue Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, not too much to talk about today. Um, just updates on other, uh, you know, past stories we mentioned. Um, yeah. Let's start with the Nets. They have officially hired Jock Vaughn as their head coach. Uh, I guess not hired, but promoted. Jock Vaughn to head coach uh, instead of interim or acting. He's now the official head coach. Um, deal has not been announced yet, whether it'll be, you know, three-year deal or just for the rest of the season. Don't know about that yet, but as of right now, he is the head coach. Thoughts? I mean, I like Jack Vaughn. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really it. So I'm happy for him, but it doesn't change the Nets in any way to me. Not me either. Either. And, and I, doesn't make they're kind of doing they're kind of doing what I thought is playing a little bit more inspired since Nash mm-hmm. got fired, but just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't doesn't push them forward, um, doesn't push them back. I, it just seems like they'll stay on the trajectory. Um, and also, how they've gotten since Nash has left, he's not the only one that's been missing since that's happened. Um, so, uh, do you want to transition into that or do you want to go to NFL? We can mention that it it is a big deal right now. So Kyrie has been given a list of things that he needs to accomplish before returning to the team. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through the list right now, uh, unless you want me to pull up the list. Yeah, just because uh, that's where the uh, the big issue is. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, we really didn't talk about what he did because it just wasn't necessary to rehash what he did because I feel like everyone who enjoys the NBA or uh. is up on the NBA has already known. Um, the six requirements he would need to fulfill before rejoining the team. Apologize and condemn the film he promoted. Make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes. Complete sensitivity training. Complete anti-Semitism training. Meet with the ADL, that's the Anti-Defamation League, and the Jewish leaders. Um, doesn't specify who the Jewish leaders are. I guess Jewish leaders of that league. And meet with uh, the team owner, Joe Sy, to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. Now. Think about how ludicrous that last one is. That that it, proves, that right there proves the reports that Joe Tsai had been reaching out to him and mm-hmm. hasn't had any kind of communication. Yeah. It's just because ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Because Kyrie could just go to the arena and talk to Joe Sai anytime. Like it's not the fact that he's not or that he's ducking him and not answering his calls is just is insane. And for those who think that I you know, we've listened to the media all week. They make it seem like this is a really big deal. This is a shot at his dignity. Uh uh, they're doing this because he's black, they're doing this because it's Kyrie, all this other things. Listen, 
I don't know how long sensitivity training takes, um, but everything else on this list can be done in one day, man. One that day. Maybe even before before noon. One busy uh, like half shift. Yeah. Come, apologize. Condemn the film. That takes one tweet. Five hundred thousand dollars donation. That takes one call to his accountant. Meet with owner Joe Sai. He could do that at breakfast. Meet with the ADL and the Jewish League, uh, um, Jewish leaders. He could do that at lunch. Complete anti-Semitism training. How long could that possibly take? It can't take that. It's not going to take about a, how long do five games go? Like two weeks, maybe. Yeah, two weeks. Maybe two weeks. I'd be surprised if it even takes. How much is it you need to? How much training do you need to just not hate somebody? <laughs> it shouldn't take that much training. It, just, it shouldn't take training, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, in the sensitivity training, like, okay, that that might take a while because sensitivity training, I'm not. That's broad, so I don't know yeah. how much that could cover. It, it could take a month of sensitivity training. But you know what? The good thing is, he's not playing. He's not right now. He's suspended, so he has all the time in the world. You know, if it does take a month, he could get it done in three days because it's not like not like he has anything else to do. He has yeah. no Nike deal. He has no, 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 all his other deals are gone. So, no, he can't be busy. And it's just so, it's so disappointing that the Nets are not worse or better at all. They're That's what's shocking. Better. Yeah, so far they've been a little bit better. But to me, like, that was kind of their – him and KD, that was their saving grace that they were putting up these crazy numbers. Yeah. But, like, it didn't matter at all. Didn't. Now KD's doing it by himself, and they're still in in close games. They're still battling with a lot of teams, which is what we thought they'd do. Not playing any defense, of course. Right. Nope. And, uh, you know, getting like 80% of the scoring is just going through KD, which we knew was possible for them to do and still win games. But, you know, but this, this is, is how the right you way. Get, this is how you get what happened with the Dallas game, where KD's missing free clutch free throws. Like a yeah. lot of that comes from him having to carry the offense. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Let's go to another uh, stunning hiring well, coaching situation. Um, Indianapolis Colts hired Frank Reich. Uh, is it Reich? It's Reich, Reich. Yeah. Frank Reich, um, after how many seasons was he there? Just a while. I don't know. So he, he's been with the organization for a while. Mm. And then, yeah, so coaching – he was there last year i think yeah 2018 was when he started there as as head coach but he was uh coaching intern 2006 this is all with the colts coaching intern 2006 2007 offensive staff assistant 2008 quarterbacks coach 2009 2010 Wide receivers coach in 2011. Then he bounced around the league. Then he came back in 2018 to be this head coach. Um, Came up through the organization. I like it. 
Yeah, uh, forty. And I'm not mad that he got fired. The like the the way the team was playing this year, you know, it looked bad. We did, we did, we definitely did. Um, but you know, it's funny to me. Like last year, kind of, it, it's not that the similar to this year. It's not that the roster looked bad. The roster always looked good. They mm-hmm. just didn't perform, and somebody got blamed. Yeah. I mean, you kind of were in a worse quarterback situation than you were last year. They haven't been in a good quarterback situation since. Um, look. Andrew said, see ya. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that last season they thought was going to be really good, but Luck's injuries made that really not a great um, quarterback situation either. He was getting hurt, you know. He got hurt a lot. And that's why, and that's why everybody criticizes teams that have decent quarterbacks and bad offensive lines. Mm -hmm. It's exactly it right there. Yeah, because you don't want Joe Burrow in in four or five years to be like, you know what? I'm taking fifty sacks a year. You know, let's say two Super Bowl appearances, a couple other playoff runs. Like I'm good. Yeah, I mean, luck was like. But before 30 or 31? I think he was 30. Man, that's young for a quarterback. Yeah, and, and, you know, it really didn't even seem like he played that long in the league. He's 33 now. He's 33 now. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. We get fast forward to real time. The again yeah, another uh, year of disappointment. Yes, which the and Colts have had a lot of. They fired Frank Reich on today is today is what Wednesday. They yeah, fired really him on Sunday. Sum up that timeline. I guess they fired him on Sunday. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like they fired him on Sunday. And before the next day, they hired ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday. Not a day went by. Oh, no. man. Not even did a full they play, day. Did they play this Sunday? Who did they lose to? They lost to somebody for that to happen. Let's see. They the Commanders. Was it the Commanders, or am I tripping? That Patriots. was a couple weeks. The Patriots. Be- Belichick. That's right. And, and the Patriots, Patriots beat the crap bad. out of them, twenty six to three. Yeah, the quarterback like didn't convert a first down at all. I think yeah. it was something and, horrible. And they also um, pointed a new offensive play caller. Parks, Frazier. Yeah, not but sure this, where they is, got him this is after their head coaching hire of ESPN analyst. Yeah, right. ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday, former Colts player. Also, um, you may know him honest, as the Pancake Man from Get Up every when every Monday or whatever. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was an offensive lineman for Peyton Manning, the the center, a pretty good one. Yep. I remember he went to the Packers for a year. Was good there. Yeah, retired after that. It, it, to be honest with you, man, we would have came on here and just 
it would have been kind of crazy, but you could buy it because it, he got hired as an interim coach. So, you know, he's not like, it's just really to finish out an awful year. Yeah. So I could kind of see like, you know, you would just want to try something crazy. I could give you somewhat of a pass because it's a disaster of a year for a team that should have been in the playoffs last year and should be dominating this division. Yeah. But the fucking owner's uh, uh, interview or whatever, the press conference was insane. I'm glad he has no experience that thing. Yeah. I'll put that in here, by the way. Some of the quotes in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm, I'm listening to people talking about it. And it's like it's more bizarre. The more perspectives you hear about it, the more you're like, wow, like this is just sick. You know, this offseason is going to be interesting because I wonder if they're going to interview anyone, which technically they have to. But I wonder if when you appoint an interim coach, and like at the end of the season, you decide you want to just make him the head coach. Do you have to inter- interview anyone? To be honest, you're ahead of me. Have you ever? I, I'm I'm in the now. <laughs> I'm not there uh-huh. yet. Yeah. I'm just shocked. When when does a team get an interim coach completely like out of the organization? Never. You normally they would just move someone up. Just yeah, you know. like really it's yeah. any one of the the lead assistant is the usual guy. Sometimes it'll be like a surprise assistant that maybe all the players like. Yeah. To get to to completely to me this is like a disrespect to your entire staff. Basically, Absolutely. like I know Reich was the only one to go, but all of y'all are on borrowed clock. Absolutely. To to hire his let's let's be real, he hired his homie. Yeah. The way he talked about him, the way they both described the process of the hire, that the yep. owner reached out to him. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things. Forget the fact that he reached out to him. For him to say there were no candidates available. I... <laughs> What? <laughs> Let me just say, um, he reached out to Jeff Saturday, who at the moment is coaching um high school <laughs> Hebron Christian Academy, the private co ed school, Christian school in uh in Georgia. And um I mean this school barely has thousand kids. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the NFL from that. <laughs> To go to the yeah. NFL. I mean, there's so many things that go through my mind about, like, what does he do in these five, six days to get ready? Does he? Can he learn the names fast enough? Can he learn, he just, like, all the – can he delegate the jobs fast enough? The owner called Jeff. Is like, yo, Jeff, you busy this Sunday, dog? Like, honestly, you free on Sunday? <laughs> huh? Honestly, like, that's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff, to me, confirmed it, talking about, like, I was just hanging out with family, you know, doing whatever. 
he calls me. We have a conversation. Like, he basically offers me the job. I think about it for half a day. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at Jeff Saturday at all that he oh, there's an not. opportunity. I would have said yes, too. If someone, if if the Wizards came to ask me to coach, I'd say yes immediately. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a joke, but not that much more of a joke than what this is. It, this is more of a joke because, yeah, it wouldn't be much more. This would actually be more of a joke to me because they suck. So what could what possibly could Jeff Saturday do? Like normally when teams are bad, they think, oh, we got to bring in a good coach to turn this right. year around. Not go, let's go bring in the a random dude to see what he can do with our season that's already in the toilet. I mean, like, I just to just, is it's a, like a disrespect to the job of coaching in total. Oh, it is. It definitely is. What is it, the ceiling of Jeff Saturday's career for the rest? Like his, like what's the ceiling for him this season? Winning I mean, two to be games? honest, if they come out and have like two good drives, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and they can, they don't even have to score. They can go. They can get shut out. I could be the offensive play call play caller they just promoted. <laughs> right. Might not even be Jeff. So I I really it, this is bizarre to me. Let me let me just um let me just point out who is on their staff. And I, I just had this up. Oh. Let me go through their staff's experience, right? Jeff Saturday, no experience head coaching, coached at Hebron Christian Academy for three years. Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, experienced 33 years. Special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone. Uh sorry if I butcher any of these names. Experience eight years. Assistants, tight end coach Clayton Adams, 18 years. Senior defensive assistant John Fox, 40 years. Offensive quality control Brian Bratton, 10 years. Head and strength and conditioning coach. We have experience of strength and conditioning coaches taking head coaching jobs. Richard Howell, 29 years. Director of sports performance Rusty Jones, 35 years. Applied Sports and Conditioning, Doug McKinney, 35 years. Defensive backs coach, Ron Milas, 32 years. Offensive line coach, Chris Strausser, 34 years. Linebacker coach, my man, Richard Smith, 44 years. Assistant defensive line coach, Matt Reich, uh, not the same Reich, spelled a little bit different, 26 years. These guys have been on this on these teams for almost forty years. All these guys, these guys and you are someone that's never been, coached before. The, uh, no, most of your staff has coached more than half of their life. They've coached more than his life. Forty-four <laughs> years. Hired, Jeff Saturday isn't even forty-four. And you hire a complete random again, a guy you're just friends with. Yeah, man. Like, Dude, bro, I, I, just be... probably would resign after that. After that, but if I had been there for twenty nine years with the team or with any, and I said all these years, I don't think this experience means that they've been with the Colts that long. I, I'd be surprised. But if I, if I have thirty two years of coaching experience and I ever mention over coffee what I would do as a coach to you and you hire somebody else, I'm resigning, dog. Like you're not just gonna get somebody 
has never coached an NFL game in their life on any That's, level. Dude, I, I really don't understand. And the again, the press conference, he just it's one wild statement after another. I, I don't want I'm glad he doesn't have the fear of co- were you watching Broncos games? Is that why you thought that? Like, are you watching Dallas games from last year? Is that why you think coaches are afraid of analytics? Are you watching Chargers games? Because their coach isn't afraid, and he probably should be. Right. Like, all he, he goes from one statement. He says, you know, coaching is like all these guys are scared, and, I, you know, I've tried the process this way and that way. I wanted to switch it up. And then – and then, by the way, it's not rocket science. We're not. We're not going to Mars. We're not. We're not doing anything that complicated. This is very simple. Like, right. what are you talking about? You sound insane. He does sound insane. He doesn't sound like somebody that's trying to win football games. I know that. Not at all. Not at all. This is. So. I can't believe I. I would see anything worse in recent memory. But when Doug Peterson benched Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like, th- this is as blatant, if not more blatant, than, you know, winning is not that important to me. Right. Which is just insane, because every other year, it seems like they're aggressive because they want to win. Mm-hmm. So, I-, I really don't know what's going on. Yeah. But, like, like I said, again, what is the ceiling for this this season like what what do you think is the best he can do this season maybe win two more games a win a single win <laughs> you don't think they could be anybody who's, they don't have a real coach what do you mean who's quarterback for them who cares both of them showed to suck with a real coach you think they're gonna be better with a bomb no they're both gone but i mean who is the new who's quarterback sunday i don't even know i don't even it's, i think sam ellinger they yeah, might go yeah, back ellinger. to matt ryan matt ryan ellinger. like both options are fucking horrible they are they're they're so gross i'm i'm looking at their rot like i'm looking at their play like where's carson wentz and he's awful and he rightfully lost his job on the commanders and he looks mm-hmm. he looks night and day better with with the Colts than anything Matt Ryan has done. I know. I can't believe I was so wrong on that. By the way, I'll take that L now. That Matt Ryan was going to be good for them. I thought Matt Ryan over just the stupidity of Wentz was a huge upgrade. Oh yeah, it's now it's not know, to to give me a slight pass. Uh, Taylor's been hurt like all year. Yeah, uh, and that was the sole reason they were successful last year so once he got hurt i should have been ready for this right but god matt i i mean matt ryan i thought i thought he could give me something i didn't think he was this washed up yeah i mean he's washed the thing is he could still he could still you know swing the ball but Win a game. Yeah. That's that's their ceiling. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So so we'll see. Um see what happens with Jeff, man. I like I do like Jeff Saturday. I think he's funny. I think he's cool. Seems like a great dude. But um this is just crazy. 
with coaching, it's man. Insane. And like, I'm I'm scared. If what if they win games? Like, what if they do well? Then then the whole like we're gonna be looking at the NFL. Like, what is going on with head coaches? Really? Like, are assistants really that much more valuable than we thought? Right. That a random could come in and be successful. Like now, now there's pressure. Everybody that plays the Colts, like that's a must win now. Yeah. Because you can't embarrass yourself that bad. Right. Right. I think they're playing the Raiders too. Are they playing the Raiders this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Oh, if Josh McDaniels finds a way to lose this game, gone. He's not finishing the year. Maybe they'll hire Ryan Clark. That'd be cool. That'd be lit. Right. Bring the whole ESPN <laughs> staff. Dan Orlovsky, get that job. Yeah. Oh, Giving jobs out to the ESPN What a crazy staff. situation. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, so good luck to the Colts, man. Um, you have anything else as far as the NFL goes you want to talk about? No, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, Who's a lot MVP of things this year. I think it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, me too. Like he's been so like flawless. I know he's, he he's has. like, he's made mistakes, but. Like Mahomes has a lot of games where there's a lot of passes that should have been picked that weren't. Mm-hmm. So to me, like the difference is he's not making the mistakes that are the defenses are making. Like Mahomes no. is throwing late game interceptions. Josh Allen is making late game mistakes. Hertz has been mm-hmm. flawless, as as is their record. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um and you know AJ Brown is really really good, but I I think that uh, people are underestimating how good Hertz makes everyone on the team. I think they think oh Hertz has weapons now, it's just you know they're as good as the weapons. But in reality, I think that Hertz his selection his decision making is so so elite that everyone looks that much better because they can't look bad because Hurts won't let them look bad because, you you know, everyone looks great with him out there. And Um, to me, Hurts, like, makes this team because they're almost perfectly balanced. They are. Uh, And it's Hurts is the major reason for that because he could kind of facilitate everything they do. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I think – this is something I always struggle with when it comes to MVPs. How do you separate the situation from the player? Like, I think you can look at Kansas City and say, you know, he lost he lost Tyreek Hill, the best, you know, top three receivers in the league, and he still comes out and gets, you know, almost better numbers than he's ever had. Throws more passes. He hits like more different guys now. Um, and it doesn't matter who you put out there with um, Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes is just a legend, and he looks even more like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever this year than maybe ever. Uh, yeah. If you put all that situation into your voting, then, yeah, I could see I could see Mahomes 
getting the nod. But when you just look at who is carrying their team like no one else, who's leading better than anyone else, who is the most valuable player, it is Hurts. It's definitely yeah. Hurts. Yeah, I mean, you take away all the all the extracurriculars that Mahomes has done, the overcoming. Hurts has just came in and just been a great quarterback this year. Yeah, and and I think a system that, like in college football, they um, they do that with ranking teams where they kind of where they mm-hmm. judge the 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 quality of the wins and losses. Yeah, and the stakes. Yeah, I, I feel like in the NFL the award selection should be a little more based on that where like if the bills were undefeated, like the Eagles, no question. Mm -hmm. uh, The the Kansas city win was a better win for Josh Allen than anything hurts has done. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. And same thing with Mahomes, like Mahomes, some of his comebacks and performances against the 49ers. I mean, he was just nuclear. Mm hmm. To me, that's a little bit better than any because again, some of that is just the Eagles haven't played those teams. Yeah, but again, but at the same time, those guys have bad losses, which Hurts does not. Right. So that to me should separate him. Again, it's a close race. I'm not mad at you know Josh Allen being right there, but mm-hmm. losing to the Jets and your mistakes kind of being the reason why. Uh, yeah. you just you lost to the Dolphins early in the, in the season, kind of for the same reason. And he might I mean, miss two weeks, right, with the injury. Yeah, he could. Yeah, which would kind of be a, a knock if if Hurts plays every game. But with Mahomes, yeah. the the Colts' loss was awful. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. So again, Hurts doesn't have those blemishes. Right. Right. Gonna be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting race. I think this is gonna be one of the closer races that we've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and it's three young guys too. Um, even relatively young quarterbacks. I mean, so. Tyree Kill is is depending on how Miami does, he might have a case. He might. I mean, he's been playing fantastic. He's been leading their you know receiver core, their weapons. I mean, he looks. He looks elite, and I don't think that anyone expected him not to, but he's about to break records and stuff. I never imagined that. I know. And it is impressive. And Tua hasn't – it's weird because Tua's put up crazy stats, but he still hasn't really impressed people like you would expect. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, why do you think that is? Is it, is it because the weapons are so good? People are saying, you know, you got Waddle yeah. and you got Tyreek. Like, how can you be bad? Really, it's really noticeable that their coach wants to get those guys the ball. Mm-hmm. That, that to me, kind of makes it look like they're taking the game out of Tua's yeah. hands. Yeah, well, but why wouldn't you want to get them the ball? Right. It's working. Yeah. They're explosive. You can, you can put a blindfold and throw the ball up in the air, and one of them is going to make know. a play. But is that doesn't take away anything from Tua because Tua is playing really good otherwise too. No, I mean Tua now, now I mean he was coming into this year like, and everybody was looking at him like is he even a starter? Yeah, there's no question about that now to me. Yeah, I mean I think he's a year a year away from him being in the MVP talks. Just a year away. I mean 
Yeah. Not that I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks, but he'll have one of the best years. Yeah. Especially if the team gets a little bit better and they, you know, their record gets better in the next two or three years for sure. Because it, it's still everyone on there is young too. They're, they're a very interesting team. They are. They are. Okay. Um, let's go back to the association. Uh, what have you noticed? Tell me something you want to talk about from this week. <clears throat> um, Milwaukee just picked up their first loss. Yes. Uh, they Who look is? as good as ever, even in their loss. Uh, and they got beat pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, without Bobby Trey. still, Bobby still, yeah. The Hawks, yeah. shout out to that. Still, still haven't really seen them, so I don't want to deep dive the Hawks yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely will. Yeah. But with the Bucks, man, that continuity they have. Yeah. Is is I mean they're they're gonna be a challenge for anybody. Oh yeah, they are. I, I think they, they battle even if Middleton for some reason misses a playoff run. I still think they'll go to again with with the Celtics to seven games. I think a lot mm-hmm. of the other teams they battle six to seven games. Yeah. I mean Gian- Giannis is doing the same the same shit as usual. He is. He is and Ingles will be back before Middleton from what I understand. Not that I think Ingles, you know, I've dogged Ingles on here enough times. But he fits I, I think well, Ingles though. Yes, he does. He fits them well. He's a good ball handler. He's a good passer. He's a good open shot maker. I think he's going to fill in that role for, you know, I think they played Javon Carter a lot of minutes. They played Grayson Allen a lot of minutes that he'll probably slide into very easily. Yeah. Um, I also like that Drew has been their definitive second best player so far. Yeah, he's had to be. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah. I think has been huge, and on both ends, uh, mm-hmm. it's having a huge impact. It's making the game because, like Allen, to me is is not playing as well as he did last year. No, he's not. Uh, and their bench like again not, looks limited. It's not as open for him as it was. Yeah, but it it doesn't matter when Drew's stepping up like he has been. Right. Yeah, it, they're going to a lot of going to a lot of young guys off the bench. <clears throat> Um, they're playing Nora a lot. They're playing yeah. um, the rookie yeah. Bochamp, I think it is Marjan. Yeah, playing him, uh, n- not a lot, but a lot for what he does for them. He doesn't do for them as much as how much he plays. I think Pat Connaughton is hurt, also, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, but they yeah. th- that's a good thing for them because they're like a you know, a, a guaranteed contender, essentially. Yeah. But they don't want to walk into the playoffs with go and go toe-to-toe with Boston, who got nine reliable guys, versus mm-hmm. you got six to seven, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, that's that was a good. separation last year to me. It was. It was. It, it's good that they're getting use out of these guys and really seeing what they can do and where they can use them. Yeah. Um, Like, especially Bochamp, who's really versatile. He has nice body, nice size. I think that getting him out there and seeing what spots 
they may be able to use him for, especially young legs, um, is good now. Good to get that out in the season. Yeah, and and Nawara seems like another big who could space the floor, which yeah, with Giannis and Drew and then Middleton coming back, those guys are always going to fit in. Yeah, he's like a really he's a big wing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's he's six nine, but he's like a guard, like you know guard. Yeah. Plays guard, but he's just tall. So yeah, it, it does help, especially rebounding for them. Yeah. Anything that they can do to see how they can look without Giannis on the floor to me is gonna be really big. Um because I do think after a while, especially this year, they're gonna have to rest Giannis sometimes. Like he can't play forty minutes every playoff game again. I mean, maybe he can, but I I don't want him playing 40 minutes every playoff game for the whole playoffs if I can help it. So any kind of lineup change they can, you know, or lineup addition they can find to say, all right, we can last half a quarter without Giannis out there. You know? Yeah. Just from some of the stuff I've seen, like th- their defense is a lot better, it seems like. I- and I can't. It's a small sample size, so I can't really tell if it's just Drew and Giannis playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed like they've just been able to defend teams a lot better. Mm-hmm. And again, without Middleton, who to me was their best matchup guy, just size wise. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious how, like, I just I don't know if they'll need to play without Giannis for that many minutes. He, he's good at staying out of foul trouble. He's managing yeah. his uh, energy a lot better. Mm-hmm. He he's managing his he's managing his energy better now, but you know the playoffs is a different level. I got you. Yeah, no, I yeah, I can see that happening. Down to towards the stretch, even in the Celtics series, to, last last it's quarter always the, and a like, lot of I those. Need, I need a sec. The at the worst yeah. time. Right. Yeah, and then you know we he's hitting free throws now, but. You know, after 40 minutes in that 46th minute of playing, you know, he, they need him at high energy all the time, especially with, yeah. like you said, with, with Boston, man, because he's going to have to check everybody on Boston at one point because, right. you know, they have such a um, versatile team. I'll tell you one thing I have noticed about their defense. Shout out to my man, Javon Carter. I've been uh, cheering for all this time. I've noticed that they use him on they use him to pressure the guards yeah and kind of let drew get like the wing like guard the wings now because mm-hmm. of middleton not being there and I, I think that when drew is on the wings he's in better position for you know making the passes more difficult and i guess it like pushes their pressure out a lot differently than it has yeah. been it does make them look like they're swarming a lot more like because the teams are not getting into the paint because mm-hmm. you have someone like Drew that makes that the first pass of the um of the possession that difficult where you have to look around and see, okay, I can't even pass it to the wing. I gotta find someone else to pass it to. Um that's a small thing I've noticed that has helped a lot. Yeah. And, and it keeps it keeps Brooke lot, it off the island. It does. It does. 
Yeah, because when that when that was Drew and you had Connaughton and Allen just kind of letting the um, wings catch wherever they wanted to, it did set up like a triangle offense or a um, or a overload. It would set that up easily uh, mm-hmm. for the the other team, and you don't really get that with Javon pressuring you full court. And this is another thing Patrick Beverly does really well. Um, Dejounte Murray does it really well. He did it really well against them. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, a lot of the good teams are doing that now, and it is helping, especially when you got shooters that can shoot from, you know, three steps over the half court. Right, have someone out there, and it not be your technically best defender helps. Definitely I know, man. I, I just they they've gotten the continuity they've had. Now, now they're guys, even the guys that I don't like, I don't think Nawara is that good. I like how he's played. Yeah. But now their guys don't look like weak links getting plugged into the rotation. Yeah, you're right. And that that right. before they kind of figured out that championship run, it was yeah. so bad. It would get so ugly from like seven to ten. We talk again, a lot of the Eastern teams, we've talked about it. But when you when get past your top DJ Wilson six, out there. Yes, guys who have like are just out there to to just jog up and down. Yeah, like you can't have that in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and finally they found a way. Like, no matter how poorly their role players are playing, they're involved in what they're doing. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, I I like that. Yeah, they're gonna be tough. Look even better, to be honest. It does. It does because now it just he's just off the ball and it just feels like every time he catches it, he's like ultra ultra aggressive. Yeah, and he's like taking it, such no... better shots too. Yes, he is. He is. Yep. Okay. Who else? Who else you want to talk about? Uh, do you want to stay in the East? Because I have a question about the West, but let's let's touch on any uh, Eastern teams. That you want to deep dive? Um, I don't really have any. I mean, we talked about the Cavs a lot last week. I don't have anyone new necessarily to talk about. Talked about the Heat last week. Yeah, man, I've I've really gotten to watch Boston a lot, which yeah. is like <laughs> there's really nothing new for me to. I mean, all their role players look great, which seems like they're on TV so- every game. Yeah, like, all every yeah. ESPN game they're on there. Yeah, um, but they're they're guys that fit in so well, which it it surprises me how Brogdon has scored. It doesn't surprise me that he's scoring, mm-hmm. but he's been like really getting buckets, which is which is I did not expect that. He's been playing well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, well. I mean, you know, Boston's gonna be in the top of the conference. That's that's a lock. Yeah, they're top two no matter what. With the way point. Tatum is playing, with the way their rotation could – I mean, they're another team that now their ninth, 10th, 11th guys are contributing. Yeah, because, I mean, they got Noah Vonley in there, Sam Hauser in there playing Hauser sucks, well. and he comes in and plays well. Yeah, and then, I mean, neither of them are going to be playing much when Robert Williams no. gets back. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah, you, you I mean you're right. Um I I do I will say I think other than Tatum, everyone else is struggling a little bit from the three point line. Tatum's shooting 
pretty well, but everyone else seems like they're having a hard time knocking down the shots, but over the season, that'll get better. You know, but, what's um, funny is I, I saw that coming into the Knicks game. And then yeah. of course that game, they, they hit the, broke the record. record. <laughs> yeah. 27-3. I mean, I turned the yeah. game off like mid third quarter, but oh, they yeah. were, they were draining them that game. Yeah. That game, they were good, but every other game they've shot pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even in this Memphis game that they won, um, Tatum was three for eleven. Yeah. Jalen Brown was one for six. Brogdon was two for seven. Um, but they've always they've always had this problem six. of settling. I always feel like they could get to the rim a lot more than they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I they're they're a weird yeah. team. They're like a team that could beat anybody and lose to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And still, they don't. I know you disagree with me on this, but they don't take the many easy shots as a team very few and that's something that brogdon does really well brogdon goes and gets easy buckets because he's not like a elite one-on-one player so i think he he knows his game yeah he's he's aggressive he knows he has to get all the way to the backboard if he wants to get a good shot and he does it or he gets to the mid-range he takes good shots but um he may be the only person on the team that takes good shots but you got guys who can hit the toughest shots in the league, like Tatum. Now this season, like he'll wait for you to put a hand up and just shoot right through your hand, like right past your hand. It could be Uh-oh. up. You could be playing great defense, and he'll just shoot it anyway. And that's cool. It looks great. He scores a lot of points from that, but it's not always the winning formula. Is all I'm saying. It works for him because he's a great, great, great player, but. They could get a lot easier shots as a team, but it, listen, their record is great. They're they look fantastic. They look like they're the most powerful team in the league, which they probably are, man to man. They lost the Cleveland game, which was like a big potential test, and they looked they lost, better than Cleveland did to me. They lost both Cleveland games, right? Which and they it, still, to me, as a like just in a series, they they would still be the favorite to me against Cleveland. They, yeah, yeah. The thing is, they have to beat themselves a lot of times still. But the thing is, the good teams find ways for them to do that, find ways to force them to beat themselves. Um, I know that, you know, people who don't really play basketball, that sounds really crazy. But the thing is, if, if you force the right people to take tough shots, if you force them to turn – um, force them to have turnovers. Boston is beatable there, but yeah, yeah it could still look like the better team, and w- which they did in against Cleveland. It was just, I think Donovan might have been the best player out there in that that game, both games maybe. But if you look man to man and look at what the other team had versus what the Cavs had, there's no comparison. The Celtics are just stacked. I just with Boston, I worry that. Because I have, again, I've been seeing some of the other Eastern teams. Philly's playing better. Uh, <clears throat> some teams are playing worse. A lot of teams are playing worse, as a matter of fact. But mm-hmm. Boston, to me, and, and you look back at the playoff run, it was dominate, look bad. Dominate, you know, except for Brooklyn. But after that point, it was dominate, look bad. Dominate, look bad. Yeah. To me, the way they're playing, it's more of the same. Like, yeah, I think they're a little bit better than Cleveland, 
but there's no shot they sweep or or four one Cleveland. No. Even if even if they a, expose Cleveland's problems. And there's a there's a good shot that Cleveland can win it. Right. Like you, they're definitely beatable by by Cleveland, they're, but they are the favorites. So yeah. Right. I, no, you you're right. And I, I think I think that as good as their defense is, they still look like they, they have to outscore you for them to win. Like it, their defense is obviously fantastic and they have the individuals that combine play really, really good defense, but they're 18th in opponent points per game. Yeah. 18th. That's so okay. you think, Oh yeah, their defense is locked down, but they're in the bottom half of the league and letting the other team score. So it's a um, long season. I'm not that, that to me, I'm not too stressed about that stat. No, no, no. I'm just supporting your point. It They do. They do dominate. Or or look bad, but when when they look bad, it's because they're not outscoring the other team as easier yeah. as they normally do. And really, their team's defense is good enough; they shouldn't have to outscore the other team. But how they play, they do. Which you know, like Brown and Tatum having to average seventy points a game every game for them to win games and, with and how good know, their defenses shouldn't be like that. Another point about their like their roster is so good at this point and so complete that to me, I'm I'm kind of looking back in what Udoka did and now what Joe Mazzulla's doing. Their roster matches up so well with teams that you really a lot of times can't tell if their coach is good or not. Right. Because like they're they're one of the only teams in the league that can pressure with every guy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Like that to me, a lot of that is not really coaching schemes. It's just your players having the right athleticism for it. Yeah. So that to me is why, like, I really, we're going to be stressing about Boston, even though we know they're capable of making a finals run. They are. And listen, even with, with what I said, they can outscore every team in the league. Like I think they've proved that last season, they can outscore every team in the league, but for some reason, even though in flashes their defense looks locked down, it really isn't that locked down. You know, Toronto, they, they beat Toronto. I mean, they lost to Toronto. Um, Toronto had 137 points. 137? You know, teams, almost every team can get to 120 points against them. And I think that's more than just the league, to be honest. No, I mean... Uh, they're in the bottom half of the league and letting opponents points. It's not. It's not just all of the league that lets as many points as them. It's only you. half. You know, half of the league has better is better at this. They can put up some freaking points. They can get to a lot of points too. So we'll see how it looks as the season goes. Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine though. It won't be anything significant until playoff time. When Robert Williams comes back. It'll change too because they're 26th right now in rebounds, which is mm. atrocious. Um, they don't miss a lot of shots, which is you know, a third and they're one of the game. few teams. I mean, that's rare for a team to rebound like trash and win a good amount of games. A third in points per game, they outscore people, they get so, buckets. Yes, yeah, I mean, just look at that disparity. We're third in points per game, 18th in opponents. That's that's crazy. Yeah, like you, you should be kind of close. At least yeah. relatively close, not 
just shows how explosive they are. Yeah. Their defense, their defense needs to get better because there will be some teams, especially this year, that can get close to scoring with them. Um, and that, I think that's one thing that the Cavs could do. You have Donovan and Garland who are, you know, Donovan is a bona fide scorer and Garland is a really good scorer. Yeah. You got Love and all those other guys. That's a team who can score with him. And we already know how Milwaukee is and um, uh, Miami and all those teams. So see how it happens. See how it goes. What's your question about the West? Is there a clear cut best team in the conference? No, it is not. Not at all to me. What if what if I put your feet to the fire and you had to pick one? And like let's say I'm like, we're gonna go into the playoff run and you gotta pick this team uh to really beat, like to really go deep in the playoffs. Fully healthy? Yeah. New Orleans. Not New Orleans. Yeah. I was fully gonna say healthy. the Clippers. Yeah, you can't have the Clippers fully healthy. No. <laughs> It's got to be no, things there's that are no possible. fully healthy. <laughs> there's yeah, there is no possible. fully healthy. Um, I um, picked the Pelicans fully healthy. Tell me why. I think that they're the only team that has shown me on both ends that they have they have everything. They have youth. They have athleticism. They have um, coaching. They have system. They have it all, and. I, I I think with Ingram there, with Zion there for every game, with some of the young guys that they have, Herb Jones, um, Murphy, those guys, with those guys healthy, Jackson Hayes, all those guys healthy, I think that they can go toe-to-toe with anyone. And I think their play style has shown me that it, it's not as flawed as some of the other teams' play styles. Because, and mostly because it's so versatile. You have Ingram, who can be your go-to guy, who can play ISO. Um, you have Zion, who Ingram and Zion can play pick and roll. You have CJ, who can go ahead and just take over the game as a scorer, or he can be the facilitator and just be a catch-and-shoot guy. And then all these other guys play really hard defense. Herb Jones, like I said, Murphy, Jackson Hayes, Larry Nance, all these guys just step up and play defense. Valachunas is a guy who, if you're – Center is your weak link. Valachunas can all of a sudden have a 2020 game. Yeah. It just seems like they have all these different ways to win. And I think a lot of teams in the West right now only have one way to win. I think Phoenix has already been exposed multiple times that they really have one way to win. Um, I, I think Denver really only has one way to win. Dallas definitely only has one way to win. Memphis was going to be my second choice, though. If, if you... That would be my next option, <clears throat> but uh, okay. I I think Memphis is too limited. Okay, tell me why. Because it's it's just uh, Morant is is the centerpiece of the offense, and yeah. and what makes them so good is again they have the continuity of guys knowing exactly why they come into the game. Yeah. Like that's why t- to me no- nothing any of their guys do is surprising, mm-hmm. including you know Dylan Brooks going like I saw the other day I can't even remember who they played he was like two for thirteen, yeah, 
Like he he shouldn't be getting up shots if he's playing horribly. Yeah, I, and at yet two for seven, it, he should be done for the night. Yeah, and yet the team yeah. is structured that you know shots got to go to somebody. Mm-hmm. It it happens to be him. To me, their only real shock is how Bane keeps getting off every night. Yeah. This, and and I can't tell you if if that's real, if that's not a fluke, and he's he's gonna go to the playoffs and do the same thing, mm-hmm. then then I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But to me, when your second best player is a shooter, like you yeah. just don't have the versatility to beat teams over and over. Yeah, and Bane plays like the dude who plays. Like the dude at the rec who plays football, but like just has just the best has like, muscle memory and the Yeah, the he's just he just gym. like he got that touch so so consistent that you can't even really explain. Like it's such an ugly jumper, but it's going in. I mean his his shot is not ugly, but yeah. dude, he just he just never cools off. Everything else he does is just pure athleticism. He does nothing else with yeah, any he's just skill, strong. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And that's why I didn't pick them first. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent, but no, nah, I'd go with New Orleans. Who who would you pick? A team you brushed off as having only one way to win is Dallas. I think Dallas is the best team in the conference. No, no way. No way. Tell me. Enlighten me. They They showed last year... I feel like their play style, a lot of people think it's like Luka, kind of like Memphis is Morant is the whole play style. Yeah. To me, Dallas plays with the same kind of way of attack with or without Luka. They do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they, they plug in guards to kind of do what Luka does on a lesser extent. Yeah. Their bigs are very basic. They'll pop out for shots. They'll roll for lobs. They'll they'll be on the glass all night. Sometimes they'll get cooked all night. Mm-hmm. But they're again another team, very consistent. Very uh, their continuity has been building over years. And and all their role players over the years have gotten so much better at again just doing their job. Finney Smith, yeah. Kleber, Powell, uh. All their guards. Now they got another wing. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess he's more of a guard, but Josh Green. Yeah, yeah. Last year two, uh, two he broke years. out. I mean, last year he played. He didn't really break out, but this year he's like noticeable on the court. He is. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Last year he was like the ninth, tenth guy. They just kind of threw out for no reason, which is what, mm-hmm. which is what all their rotation guys have been at some point. Yeah. And now, and now this team Wood comes in, and he's flawlessly clicking with the offense. Mm-hmm. Do I think this team is is like a lock to beat, you know, Memphis or Golden State? No, but to mm-hmm. me, right now they're the clear cut best team in the conference. They have the most firepower, they have the most reliable firepower, and their defense is good enough depending on who they match up with. Their defense has been impressive. I think um, even though JaVale like, really doesn't play that much, yeah, uh, I think he's impacted their defense. I think even Christian Wood has impacted their defense a little bit. 
Um, and well, I never really thought having... Reggie Bullock would become a good defender. Right. And really just the having the ability to have good defenders off the bench for them has been huge. has been a big plus for them. Um, you know, having Dwight Powell, Kleber, Green, and Hardaway to be on the bench, come off the bench, and all those guys be pretty good defenders yeah. has been um, a huge, huge uh, plus for them. I just – I like watching them, and it no matter how much they force Luka the ball, and it's a lot, it never feels yeah. like the rest of their guys aren't aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like with, with Memphis, a lot of their rotational wings – like, you know, you're a good shooter. Like, I, I want you to get off a few more shots. Or I want you to attack closeouts a little bit more. Yeah. Like, Hardaway Jr. is, like, slipping more and more in the rotation. And he's always aggressive when he's in the game. He is. Absolutely is. Kleber, Kleber will, like, check in and the ball be in his hands for less than a second and it's going at the rim. Yeah. So, Wood comes in and forces shots like he's the number one option. He does. I'm not really even sure how they find that balance. It's got to be something with kid. Kid's got to have some kind of magical powers with how they've been moving the ball and been able to get everybody shots. Mm-hmm. But their chemistry looks impeccable to me. In a conference that a lot of the teams that are supposedly explosive either don't know how to win or are explosive on paper. Yeah. So... To me, they're they're running away with it right now. They're really, really, really good, man. I mean, I mean, Luca's leading the league in scoring right this second. Um, and His it doesn't look like he'll been crazy. They have been crazy. It doesn't look like he'll slow down. He's still taking everybody to the right side of the court, and no one's stopping it. Dinwiddie's looking great when he starts and when he doesn't start, whatever, yeah, however. He's he not going to get six man because they're mixing up that rotation a bit. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, Christian Wood is still like one game he plays good. Next game is like, why did he even show up, my guy? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. next game he looks like he should be starting on every, on a contender. And then the next game he's like, you know, we'll find somebody else, just throw someone else out there. Um they're a team that if they get more consistent, they they will be really, really, really tough. But the thing is, is it all comes down to how you guard Luka at the end of the day. Even though Luka isn't the only way to win for them, if Luka doesn't play good, they don't play good as a team. But, yeah. Like, even though it's not just give it to Luka like it was like Harden for Houston, it wasn't, it's not quite that extreme. But Harden could have ten turnovers and Houston could still win by twenty. But mm-hmm. Luca cannot can't have ten turnovers. If he has ten turnovers, it's a wrap for the team. Yeah, you know, and it, it's so, been like th- there's some things I like that I think they've improved on, while I also yeah. think they're stuck in in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's um, it's all small stuff that they'll have to figure out over the course of the season. Yeah, and I I think that starting Dinwiddie is kind of a uh I think he's doing that to see how mm-hmm. can we get Luca off the ball just a little more right Luca can still be who he is but Dinwiddie can be aggressive and we don't have to live and die by Luca yeah um, 
So I, I think he's figuring that out in real time right now. Kid is figuring that out in real time. And Luca has to adjust how he plays, right? He can't, he just can't only be effective uh dribbling the ball and going right and you know yeah. getting into the paint and kicking out. So and to his credit, he's gotten he's gotten much better uh not being a weak link defensively. He has, yeah. Their team like their guys, team defense guys aren't just good. attacking him all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. Um the Lakers haven't won since we talked last, have they? They're coming off a two game win streak last time we talked, right? I think so. Yeah, they lost three in a row since then. How do you feel about Westbrook coming off the bench? It looks good right you can't now. Really, can't really say it works because they haven't won since he's been coming off the bench. So it's like... what happened? I, I thought like I, again another thing I was so wrong about, and I should have, I should have known this. Their their early season uh, good defense stretch was a total fluke. Which one? What do you mean? Like they they were playing defense where I thought they'd be competitive all the time. Oh, with with like when Patrick Beverly first started out there, like the first yeah, two, and, three and games. Anthony Davis was got kind of on the glass. Even the game, couple games <laughs> before they started winning. I don't uh, know why that's just funny by yourself, Anthony Davis on the glass. Yeah, because it's it's we have to hope for it now. It's not a it's not a consistent thing. No, but like I thought they would play defense and it would kind of offset how horrible they are at shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. But then you get you you face a young team like Utah who got a bunch of guys who are aggressive, guys who just compete and are together and have great chemistry. And it's like yeah. the Lakers can't check a soul. Right. Right. The Jazz, the Jazz didn't even play that well and put up like 120, 130. 130. Uh, Easy. LeBron didn't... was getting layups all day. And LeBron didn't play that game, right? Yeah. It and he's I mean, people talk he about him being play one of their well. They put up 140 um in the last game. 140. Damn. 139. Good God. Did anybody even have 30 for the Jazz? No, no. I don't think so. That means no one it had was 20. a balanced effort. No one even had 20. Dude, that means the entire roster went off. Uh, I'll say uh, Rudy Gay had 16. THC had 19. Sexton had 19. Conley had 12. Clarkson had 16. Markinen had 14. Beasley had 11. Olenek had 8. Balance, yeah. I mean that the first game marketing was just eating them alive. Like the Lakers look like they never slipped. Uh, they never seen a slip to the rim before. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, I was reading the wrong thing. Marketing had 23, and Clarkson oh, had 22. Okay. That's it. Everyone else. Um, these are their numbers actually. Beasley had 14. Marketing 23. Olenek 10. Clarkson 22. Conley 14, Sexton 17, THC 15, Kessler 8, Rudy Gay 8, and some guys off the bench. Azubuki had 4, Balmaro had 2. Oh, the third stringers came in and scored! Like, that's yeah. that's how you know you got blown the fuck out 
when all the third stringers got a bucket. Yeah, everybody. It's one but thing, Abaji, like sometimes you play eight minutes of garbage time, and one guy will heat up, or maybe two guys. But when yeah. the fucking third stringers come in and play well as a unit, as if they play all the time. As we horrible. got four points in four minutes. <laughs> I mean, last year that was the Lakers like. That was the Lakers' pinnacle of basketball was garbage time. How many games did they save from being utter embarrassments? Yeah. They can't even do that this year. Westbrook had 22 points and was minus 23. He's he's been taking better shots, which I, I don't understand why he had to come off the bench to do that. Me either. I feel like he's just trying to prove um, – everybody wrong at this point that he can do it but he's been minus in almost every game he's come off the bench other than the first one the denver game he was plus 18 um which was cool but every other game he's been either low plus or minus the problem is now they think because he's playing better they're back to like feeding him the ball now it's like westbrook will uh will dictate the bench shots like yeah. that's you're 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 supposed to be containing and stopping Lonnie Walker from shooting transition threes, not encouraging him to take more of those. Yeah, right. And and like Lonnie Walker's aggressive, he'll he'll have some games where he'll be hot. Mm-hmm. But Russ feeding him transition threes is not. It doesn't do anything for your bench. It doesn't. It just yep. makes West Westbrook's stats look decent. Yeah, and you know, I think they're still mistaking um, Austin Reeves to be a good shooter. I think that they are hyping Matt Ryan as an elite shooter. I mean, those guys hit some shots, but they're not, you know, they're not elite shooters they're by bombs. any stretch of the imagination. So, um, I don't know, man. Lakers, Lakers are, are a disaster. They're hopeless. Yeah, they are. No and trade will cool. save them either. Yeah, That's I'm not the even thing, deep man. diving the the packages. That's the thing. Who the Westbrook trade? I think is back on the table at least because I think people. I would think obviously he's showing that he's a capable player, um, coming off the bench. But I don't. I don't, just don't know who needs that right now. Nobody wants it. Nobody. Yeah, and, and, I, and a lot of it is not Russ's fault. Like last year, it was all Russ's fault. This mm-hmm. year, to me, like the Pacers rotation looks great. The Spurs rotation looks good. Utah, Portland without Dame looks good. I mean, all these yeah. Wizards are not even playing well in their rotation looks good. The Knicks yeah. have played poorly in Detroit, Orlando, like Charlotte, literally all these teams off the top of my head, and a lot of them haven't been winning. Their rotation looks strong. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Why would you add Russ to that? Well, there's only one team that you didn't name that doesn't have very good rotation and made a blockbuster trade this offseason that, and still clearly needs a point guard. Who are you referring to? The Timberwolves. 
I, I like that. I was gonna I was gonna get into them a little bit. Let's do it. We get to I watched the Milwaukee game. Yeah. Wow, they fucking suck, to be honest with you. Was everybody there for that game? Edwards, Cat, uh Gobert. Might have been okay, missing yeah. a role player or two. Yeah, but that's all I meant. Those guys, those main guys. Oh, yeah. I, I hate that. Like, I thought the biggest, and I think everybody did. I thought the biggest mm-hmm. focus would be like how you balance your front court minutes, minute wise, shot wise, like positionally yeah. on both ends. Yeah. That's really been the least of their problems. A lot, well, most of their the- positives. Have been from their that duo looking like a good duo. Yeah. Like They're I think fourth in the uh, league in rebounds right now. Gobert's been great on the glass. Uh Carl Anthony Towns has been much better, like finding spots from the perimeter to attack. Mm-hmm. He's been much better making quick post moves to not mess up spacing. He's been a much better passer. He's much more yep. engaged defensively, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't seen every game, so this is just from like three or four highlights in, in the Milwaukee game. But a lot yeah. of the, the questions I thought I'd have, like, look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the problems are... There is one issue that we discussed at length that hasn't changed, and that's that? deloading. Yeah. Deloading still looks like a fucking awful fit with this roster. Mm-hmm. But I never could have imagined Anthony Edwards would lose his mind. <laughs> what do you mean? Bro, bro, no dunks for like the first 10, seven games? That's been strange, yeah. No dunks. I don't give a shit that it, I got. I don't care if I got six seven-footers in the rotation. Yeah. You can't get a fucking steal and breakaway. You can't catch a lob. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really weird for them. For him, what is specifically? going on? In the first like six games, the big knock was his god awful shooting percentages. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at this Milwaukee game, and he's like he's not trying to get easy shots while working really hard to take contested ones. Mm-hmm. Like and you what got do you two expect to happen? Now. Two big what screeners. Do you expect exactly. You should be getting more and more easy shots. Yeah, you should be easily having like the twelve shot attempts off of like six cuts and five kickouts. Yeah. Versus your isoing to take Zach Levine mid range jumpers on people. That's not his who, game. Who wanted that? It's really weird. Their their offense looks really bad when he does that. So bad. And the problem is their rotation, like, they have a solid rotation as far as guys who work hard. Mm-hmm. But I don't like anybody on their team dribbling. That's a big issue. Like, Jaden McDaniels, it, it, every time Jaden McDaniels tries a, a dribble, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's a design. He, he can't get off at all unless you play really good defense, which for some reason you just haven't. Right. 
And a lot of that is because guys get blown by uh, Anthony Edwards being the main one, deloading being the other one. Like it's still, it can't just be, we got towers behind us. Well, let's send the guys there. Like you, you right. still got to stay in front of people. Right. And the other thing is their backups is like, they're so, they're, there's really no threats. Like they come in good to fit in with the, like with the other, with the rest of the team, with the starters. Yeah. But none of them are actual threats out there. Even like McLaughlin, who's their backup point guard. I mean, he barely takes shots. He only takes like three shots a game. And- <laughs> you know, what's funny is it's almost like their bench reflects their starters. Because if the starters are taking bad shots, the bench comes in and does the exact same thing. Yeah. Which is just bizarre. Yeah. Kyle Anderson is someone who just has never really taken a lot of shots. Right. So he comes in there and he's just a ball mover. McLaughlin's just a ball mover. And Torian Prince is a another guy who's just kind of like a I'll take a shot when I'm open. He's not a one-on-one yeah. guy. He's not a spark plug. And he doesn't have like a lot of energy off the bench. He just plays really good defense. And because um, of that, Nas Reed ends up taking way more shots than he should. He comes in Jim- there like he's cat. <laughs> Yeah, and Jalen Noel, uh, he comes in there and takes a bunch of shots, and he obviously shouldn't be taking a lot of shots. Yeah, it's just messy. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. Um, They're showing their why, their youth, I think. I don't know why Rivers and Forbes still don't get any minutes, because those are guys who I want taking shots. Like, <laughs> there's, two, there's two players on this whole roster I want taking shots. It's Rivers and Forbes. Yeah, I, I really... I was watching the Milwaukee game and like I'm I don't understand this rotation. Yeah. But I don't really even if you ro- had a better rotation, I, I didn't expect you to play better. Mm-hmm. It's just it, there's no leadership on the court either. You all in all, I mean, you really can't have a team when Towns and Edwards are the only people who don't take ill advised shots. Like and and when I say don't take ill-advised shots, I mean, they do take ill-advised shots, but they're the only people who are allowed to take ill-advised shots. And no one else on this team should ever take a not a shot that isn't wide open. Yeah. And that's that's tough when you don't have a point guard who gets wide open shots for people. Yeah. And again, just the Milwaukee game, I'm watching it, and they're not playing well, and everybody's mm-hmm. like happy. Like Milwaukee early on is up like 10-15, and they're in a timeout, like, like having a joyful conversation with the coach. Well, you know, like, where's the like focus? Is crying after the win. Where is the focus? It, it's like they're not good, but it's completely okay because Cat looks good, uh, Gobert looks good, and Edwards doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't yeah. like. They were supposed to make a leap. And it Man. looks like there's no interest in making a leap anywhere on this roster. Yeah, I I mean, I'm with you. I, I caught one of their games. I don't remember who it was they played. And I was just like, yo, I could imagine like four or five different offenses you could run with this roster. And they're not running any of them. No. Like, <laughs> they're just coming down and it's just like a oh let's set a screen get Edwards open and then let's just see what he does to determine the rest of the play 
I'm like, bro, can we get a horns? Like an easy horns where you have two seven footers setting a high screen? How how can you stop something like that? You can't. Dude, D loading looks allergic to like facilitating an offense. He does, man. The Every time they they has to be a wrap for him. They kind of like run little petty shit to look like they're doing something. They do, like they'll yeah, run like a handoff or like a high pick and roll, or like they'll set a pin down for somebody. But deloading just like force feeds. Oh, like Cat hasn't done anything. I'll just like throw him the ball. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Why are you even in the game? And and he only. Did you notice that he really only does pick and rolls to his left hand? Because he has no right. I, I know, yeah. It, and when seven, he does the pick and roll, seven, eight years it. in the league, he can't even pass it with his right hand. So, like, it, it's yeah, it's it's tough because when they do the pick and rolls, I'm like, okay, here comes the pick and roll. Oh, they're going left again for like the sixth straight possession. Yeah. Oh, it's because when they on the roll. Deloading can't pass it to him if it, they're on the right side. I, I just so, hate what I'm picturing is if this team kind of underwhelms all year is yeah. I'm, I can already picture the primetime game. They're hovering around 500 and they get fucking destroyed by another team that's like struggling like Miami, for example. Yeah. And and Didn't we're going to we're cutting to the Turner studio. We cut to the Turner studio and Barkley and Shaq are like, man, Gobert is fucking trash. Like Cat is out there doing Lord. Again, their front court has not been the problem at all. They played good. They've done their leadership you just looks could so ask awful, them of. Which I guess is on Cat somewhat, but uh, their leadership looks non-existent. Yeah. They this team isn't complete. Um as long as deloading is your starting point guard, to me, you're not complete because, I mean, you know, we, we talked about the NFL. You know, I said probably Daniel Jones, even though the Giants are good, Daniel Jones is probably the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, and, you know, other quarterbacks have proven me wrong by playing worse than him. But yeah. as far as talent, I still probably would take Danny Jones' bottom five. You look around the league. Where does deloading stand with the other point guards in this league right now? Fucking nowhere. <laughs> I mean, the like, league is it, yeah. and it's it's bad. It's bad. Deloading is in that category of he might be better than my starter, but I still don't want him. Yeah. Like deloading is better than Monte Morris to me. Yeah. But would he fit DC's lineup better? Hell no. no. He wouldn't, bro. Look at Tyrese Maxey's not even playing point guard, even though he's was, technically that. I was gonna make the point. Most teams have two point guards better than him, or or shooting guard that is a better point guard than deloading, like Donovan Mitchell. Like, Dante Murray. My problem is all these guys. Like Maxey is picked. Like I'm just be. I'm gonna just be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like th- that creates just offense. Forget forget dictating the offense and and. Being a floor general, like I'll just attack. Yeah, you gotta pick one at some point. You've been in the league for ha- yeah. over half a. Are you a scorer or are you a fucking point guard? Right. And D loading hasn't picked one because he wants to be both. 
every now and then. And he's just okay at both. Like, exactly. You can be just okay at one, but if you only do that, you look a little bit better. But you can't just he be really all was right only at- he was only a good passer in Brooklyn to me. I I didn't really see him as a good passer anywhere else. He was okay and in LA. Maybe Ohio State. He was a good passer at Ohio State for sure. Yeah, he's okay in LA, just okay. But mm. <laughs> okay, the thing is, his passes look cool because they're left-handed. No, no, no. A lot of guys Sometimes. can throw cool passes. I'm not saying he can't throw a cool pass, but he he's not a good passer. Is what I'm saying. He was never a good facilitator, as far as that. <laughs> um, he Brooklyn, wasn't a good playmaker. Maybe, maybe because he was hot on Brooklyn that year. Maybe yeah, that's was, what it was, but he looked he like a fire. good like pick and roll passer. Maybe it was because Allen is a good big man. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a, um, a stacked team too, a lot of shooters and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, good coach too. Yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, did you want to talk about the Clippers? No, there'll there'll be plenty of time. Will there be? Yeah, that's the problem. I'm not sure. They're another team. Sure they're another we'll team see that Kawhi play again, huh? But but their continuity already is showing that they could like win, even though they're playing horrible. Yeah. So I I don't picture them. Maybe if injuries really start mounting, but I don't picture them losing so badly that they're like struggling for a play-in spot. This year, Paul George, you have to make a decision with your career, bro. Like you have to, like this is it, dog. Because you're carrying the team like this, you're playing your heart out every night, only for your team to barely make the playoffs because the other dude you have isn't even going to play. Like there's like I feel like this year has to be a crossroads for Paul George in his mind. Because he's looking like he's going to put up another MVP caliber year only for him to not win MVP and for the team to not perform in the playoffs or for him to just be left there, uh, you know, while the rest of the team makes other decisions with their careers. So we, t- I, I think we talked about it a little bit last time, but like, this Clippers, the Clippers dream just—it can't be like this forever. The Clippers are dead. Their their little duo, their their wing, max out the wings, whatever they've been building the last three years, it's dead. It's it's really bad. And I hate that. I mean, like, I hate it, that Paul George has to carry them all year. And he looks fantastic doing it, but I've I've seen this. Yeah, I don't care to see it again. Now. Because you know, if if I have to watch it all year, you know what? Good chance where I won't see it in the fucking in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, I mean, forget him not playing well in the playoffs. There's a good chance he won't stay healthy enough for the playoffs because he's gonna be dead from playing thirty nine minutes a game. Yeah, there's a good chance his shoulder, one of his shoulders, doesn't make it. Yeah, I just yeah. they look. I don't know why they look so much worse. But their their ball movement that I praised even back when Kawhi was playing, mm-hmm. it it's dead. Yeah, it is. Um, 
God forbid John Wall like doesn't come back like fully full strength before the season is over because when he's not out there and it's like the Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Covington lineup, it, it looks really, really bad. It looks really gross. It really does. And they Reggie Jackson expect, is cool, but yeah, they still expect Reggie to like go and like playoff runs for them. I know. It's what are you doing? Uh, he had a good year. He played good to get the contract. Like he's, yeah, he's one of the okay. few that I have noticed the the contract year playing because when he didn't have the the contract, he looks fantastic. And now he got it. He's he coasting. He's starting. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, it just so. looks like like yeah. I know he's got a good. He could dribble. Like he could score. But he's. I don't really. I'm not worried about him going crazy. Yeah, Wall has looked great. He's like the only one that's actually looked great every game for them. Every game I've seen him playing. I mean, George looks good, but he just looks. He takes a lot of shots. Like he's. He looks like more of a volume shooter because they I run nothing it. to get him open. There's no Ray Allen, Paul George on this team. Like. They don't really set any screens. Marcus Morris only sets screens to get the ball back. Like he says the pick and roll and then begs for the ball. Um Zubach, yeah. no one rolls with Zubach for the no. on the pick and roll. So it's like they just double Paul George. It's just I hate that they've also rough. uh they've also taken Kawhi's leadership where no matter how trash of a pass they throw to Zubach, it's his fault that he didn't catch it. Yeah. That shit really irritates me because he plays so hard for them too. And he's gotten he so does. much better. And they still blame him for any mistake that happens. I know. And they, they think he's like they think he's like Sabonis, like the the older the real Sabonis. They think like he's gonna catch it and make like an elite decision from every spot on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's so like he's just a basic big man. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, or like they think he's Chris Kamen or somebody like that's <laughs> yeah, that's low key they tough. Keep, like, every role he's open, they hit him, and like like Marcus Smart will crash on him, and they'll still like beat him. Like, what are you doing? I know, and they act like he has that's mismatches. Bad. Like, there's no mismatches for Zubac, man. If he can't dunk it, and like it's not. I mean, obviously, if a guard is on him, but they act like yo. That big is only six nine. Take him, Zubash. Like, no, that's not, that's not how he plays. So gross. They come down and they're wings who I don't want ever creating their own shot. Yeah. Like, often come down and just create their own shot with nobody else touching the ball. Yeah. Like, Paul George I mean, is the only one on the roster I want doing that. That's what I'm saying. And it's like Norman Powell does it almost as much. Maybe even it's more. Insane. Yeah, it's just horrible. It's really bad. It's really bad. I, I you know, I like, I like Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue has been subject of good leadership on teams. Um, but I think he, you know, establishing Kawhi as a leader on this team has been a disaster, right? Because I, I come, I always think that the coach plays a part in establishing who leaders are on the team just a part yeah. not always but you know your coach has to say all right well this person is going to do this listen to this person whatever they see this is what we're doing 
I don't see that he did that with anyone on the team other than Kawhi. And when Kawhi doesn't play, I think people think like, oh, like my parents aren't home. Now it's time to have a party. Like, oh, Kawhi's not playing now. Let's just do whatever we can to just fill in all the empty spots. Let's just do whatever because we don't have to worry about giving it back to Kawhi when Paul George should be that guy. But they, they just look out of control more often than they look in control. Yeah, and it's – their shot distribution just is fucking gross to me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I want them to be good, but they're a team too. Like, if they could package some of these guys for a trade, I don't really know what they would even want in return. Like, what else <laughs> – what else do you want? I want them to be good, but not like this. Like, if this is the blueprint for them potentially being good, then I don't even – I'd rather not see it. Yeah. Because I hate – dude, I'm going to be so sick if they go to the playoffs and Paul George has a meltdown and that's, like, the sole focus of their offseason. It is is what talking about how Paul George didn't yeah play just good. how much of a yeah. joke you know they are it's the same old Clippers like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm tired of it man I want to see them do well but not like this right yeah I I feel the same way because I I've been a Paul George champion his whole career and I I hate when things fall on his shoulders you know no pun intended yeah. I hate when things fall on his shoulders and it's his fault or like because he wasn't good enough and it's never the team you know when you look at the Pacers squad that you know he was like oh he just couldn't get past LeBron okay but not a single person on that Pacers roster is still in the NBA other than Hill and Hill yeah because none of their wings could check LeBron exactly Lance Stevenson had to revert to Floor play to check LeBron in the games. Like, what are we doing? David West yeah, is out of the yeah. league. Hibbert is out of the league. I mean, and Hill is barely in the league. No one else on the team is in the league. Yeah. And then, you know, Westbrook had to go talk trash to the boogeyman and Dame, like, it's like one of those things where, uh, your man gets into a fight and you're supposed you're the best fighter, so you're supposed to beat up the dude. Like, yeah. no, it's, it's not us. It's like I have a problem with him, not you. And that's how it looked like in the hey, it's Dame, that's why Dame wave at Russ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hit the shot on Paul George and waved at Russ. That's how exactly. you know. What's even exactly. Nothing called? personal, nothing personal, but you knew if Russ was checking me. This shot would be like twice as easy. So I understand. Exactly. So, yeah. So it was Russ. That was Russ's fault that they won that one. That they lost that uh, series, too. So it was like he's just been in the situation so many times where it's been, you know, the shot is on him. So it's his fault. You know, he couldn't stop LeBron. So it's his fault. No matter what his stats look like. MVP candidate in every of those situations we talked about, by the way. I just don't want another one of those where it's like 
Paul George's top three in the league on both ends of the floor, defensive player of the year candidate, MVP candidate, and you know, yeah, they don't get it done, and it's it's his fault. He should have played better while Kawhi wasn't there. Like it's gonna be something like that. So, yeah, no way. And it, in the playoffs, the last two playoffs, he's played great. By the way, for them. <clears throat> yep. So, um, lastly, I want to talk about Golden State for a second. This is a quick second. They look terrible. Um, mentioned it all summer. The bench is is horrific, and I'm not. Bad. I'll admit, I'll admit they fooled me the first two games. I'm like, oh, maybe the bench is is better than I thought. You know, maybe they do have it. It and it just actually just showed me the Lakers are just worse than I thought, and not um not that the Warriors were better than I thought. Um, I mean, they're getting there's a lot of games where they have scoreless guys off the bench. The bench can't stop anybody. Poole has just decided he just doesn't want to be good anymore. Like, he just doesn't even take shots anymore. If he takes shots, they're tough shots. They're calling carries on him. Um, it's just thing after thing is going on with them. I, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. Bull only had he only took four field goals in their last game. Four. In twenty two minutes. Um I think I, I do they, think like the the limitations of their ball movement are finally starting to show. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, in the past, it, it is your ball movement that's creating all these good looks for guys like Cat, Omri Caspi, and and Matt Barnes, and Jarebko, and and Mo Spates, yeah. and Azili's getting dunks, and and Sean Livingston's getting any mid range he wants. It's because the ball mm-hmm. is moving, and you got a lot of threats moving the ball. Swaggy P was getting jumpers. Swaggy P is another one. Yeah. Now, like. I'll I'll close out short on Moses Moody. I don't care that he's out there to shoot the ball. I'm not closing out. <laughs> I'm not closing out at all. DiVincenzo is again forced to be this like backup point guard. Which why is the league making him do this? I have no idea. I don't like. They want him to be a, a pickup full court defender guy. They want him uh dictate the bench shots guy, and they want him to be an efficient outside threat. Good Did God, with... like that's such an unfair standard. Did he play with Brunson or Archer Diacono or both? Uh both, I think. My lifetime. This is a, this is a quick tangent. My in my entire lifetime, Jay Wright has been the best point guard recruiter in the country. For like since I've been watching basketball, I've always liked Jay Wright's point guards. Dante DiVincenzo was not one of those point guards. Not at he's all. He's had Scotty Reynolds. He's had Corey Fisher. He's had Archie Diacono. Brunson is in the league. Um, I mean, he's had. Every year, it looks like he has another elite point guard. And but, dude, all his guys, all his guys were actually good. Like when they were when they got there, 
Divincenzo didn't even yeah. didn't even pop off until the last like two games of a tournament. And really only because they were winning. Right. Like if they were losing, Diacono, um um Archie Diacono and would have been horrible. Right. It, it, yeah, and so all I'm saying is he recruits really good point guards. He has never thought about playing Dante DiVincenzo as the primary point guard. Like this is not even weird. So Steve Kerr thinks like that. We'll try it, and you have Pool off ball. But now Pool has to has to um, be responsible for like sixty percent of the bench's points, and it's just it's not it when you're not getting it from anywhere else on the bench. Kaminga, I don't I don't know what they did to Kaminga. He's completely ineffective if he doesn't get time in there with the starters. Yeah, he's just another guy who's not really a threat. I can't really mm-hmm. trust him to shoot the ball. He's uh not really that consistent of a cutter. He's not really that strong of a finisher. He kind of rebounds like a big man on his best days. He rebounds like a undersized point guard on his worst days. I I thought he'd yeah. be I thought I could keep him out there defensively. I can't seem to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, why is he any minutes without fouling? What the hell? What is he doing? I know he's been hurt. I know he's been hurt, but damn, like we didn't work on the right hand at all. Nope. Like, bro, when you when you're rehabbing and you first get healthy, just like fundamental layups are just things you do because you're just easing into it. Free throws are another thing. Right. He hasn't been making any of those. All the simple shit I'm looking for in a big man. Nobody asks you to come in with post game. Nobody asks you to bulk up to fucking Embiid size. Like nobody asks threes. you to get more mobile or extend your range. But yeah. you you're not really on the glass. You're not really physical. You don't really catch the ball well. And even your dominant left hand, your only one hand, it's not even that reliable. Right. How many over-the-rim layups does he miss? A lot. A lot. And I'm like, those were layups that Looney doesn't get over the rim because he can't, but he's making them. Spates Mm -hmm. could never get over the rim, but he's making the layup. David West, same thing. Azili was dunking or getting fouled. And Azili was pretty horrible otherwise. And none of those guys, they've had other guys. Bielitsa played well for them a little bit last year. You know, I can't even think of other guys. None of their bigs have ever been soft. The Rebco you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I mean, even Bogut way back when. Even Bogut David was Lee never before soft. the dynasty started. Yeah, never soft. None of those guys are soft. Wiseman is soft. Their wing, Kuminga, is soft. He, a bad foul call, he's in his feelings the rest of the day. Their whole bench is soft. Exactly, and it, it looks so bad because they're just out there swinging the ball and getting bad shots. Yeah. And just because you get the ball swung to you and you're open doesn't mean you have to shoot it. I know. And I, I think that, I, you know, I know that's the Warriors' way, but Moody takes, like, every open three he gets. Every single one, he just jacks it. Like, oh, I, I have some space, I'm taking this. And he's really not, like, you know, not a great shooter. No, he's not. And it's it's tough because 
I like I I think they'll start winning games, but I don't want the blueprint to be MVP Steph, game six Clay and Draymond has to like re-enter his prime because Clay and Draymond are probably never going to give you what they used to. Right. So now at least not every night. You're depending on Wiggins and Steph to carry you to what? Uh, maybe a fifth or sixth seed. Yeah, you're not a contender at that point. Not with the way Dallas is playing, or Phoenix, or or uh, Denver, Portland, it, Portland. And you know the this pool as like Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams kind of thing. It's not. It's not how pool plays. No, when pool was at his best. It was because he was just taking Steph's spot in the starters, like with the starters. It was like, yo, okay, Steph comes out, Poole comes in, and it's still a starting five. It's like a still a starting five caliber team. And now you bring Poole out there, and he's like the one-man show with a bunch of guys who really barely would make rosters on other teams. And you expect him to just go off. And it doesn't work teams like that. double him. Because they don't have to check Moody, they don't have to check Divincenzo really. Um, you know, the bigs help off of him because Wiseman has to stay on one side of the court. Jermichael Green never plays inside on offense. Dominga is just in the way for some reason yeah. all the time. So who can't even get loose with the bench? And I don't know why I don't know why Kerr has decided to do it like that, where Poole is is the now he's the sixth man that we like the opposite of what we said he was early, you know, um, like three pods ago, we ran and raved about how good of a six man he is. Yeah. Now he's a six man. He's not the six starter. He's just a six man for them. And it, it doesn't work. That's, it's just not his game. He yeah. is a six starter. That's what he does best. And uh, it looks bad. And it heavily limits the, the deficiencies your starters have like clay Still not really being consistent. Uh, Draymond being a non-factor offensively. Looney not really being a starter-level athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, now now you have to squeeze out wins thanks to Steph's heroics. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was we were joking a couple podcasts ago about I was talking about how how many fifty point point games Steph would have. As like yeah. as as if it would be that easy. Now it's looking like he's gonna have to put up those kinds of games for them to win. Right. I mean, I, I love the league because it's ruthless like this. But I it is. I didn't think the the fall off would be this drastic. I obviously I had my reservations with the bench um a lot, but I didn't think. I didn't think they'd be this bad. I had my reservations, but I didn't think they were going to be terrible. They're terrible. The bench is terrible. Yeah. I think the, the starters have played good. I mean, I like what Looney's done. I think Draymond has played pretty well. And Wiggins has been pretty consistent. And Clay has looked actually really good. And obviously, Steph looks like MVP again. Um, But it really is beyond that. I can't. Say one player that's played good this season. I I just you don't succeed in basketball without a somewhat productive bench. You don't. You don't. To your point, they have to at least maybe if you could get some of those guys to contribute playing with starters more. 
Yeah. Maybe you, but then you'd have to be like flawlessly healthy, which you probably won't be. Right. So I, it's tough, man. I, I And I don't really know the solution here is, do you play these guys more? Do you kind of settle into like this really unreliable, like seven, eight man rotation? Yeah. Because they've really never been successful that way either. Nope. So I... Maybe they get active in free agency or, or the trade deadline. I don't know. They're going to have to get active in free agency. I mean, you know, you got really good players out here, just not on teams. And I, I think if your bench is this bad, I think you have you have to look at that. Look at those opportunities. Bro, if you can he... play Wiseman, like if you're, if you're starting to approach like halfway, two thirds of the way through the year, and you really can't picture playing Wiseman in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you might not get out the first round. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's scary. The league moves fast. It does. Utah's out here lighting up the entire association, and all the uh, most of the contenders are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at some of the free agents right now, and I mean, it's not like a lot of like great great ones. And no disrespect to these guys, but there's guys that obviously are upgrades from what they have. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna throw it. I'm not gonna say any like a, a whole lot of names. But the, the fact that we got guys going to play in Taiwan. And you know you got so many guys that are just at home right now. Is there's no reason to go this whole year with your bench bad when when you got yeah, some really good guys out not. there? Yeah, I mean, Brad Watermaker is in the free agency pool. By the way, you asked you asked about that the other day. Yeah, and teams need a point guard. They do. I think the Warriors bench needs a guy like that. Needs a guy who's physical, who won't force shots, who'll swing it around, but like actually drive on closeouts. Yeah. And look to make good decisions. I, I don't even see the like the the somewhat experience of, of some of these guys who've been there for multiple years. I know it just doesn't exist. It, like like all crazy. these guys, you guys were there for practice. Every day last year. Mm -hmm. How do you not pick up any of the things that worked well? I know. It just doesn't make sense. Listen to these starting. uh, I mean, listen to these free agent guards. And I'm not saying any of these for the Warriors. I'm just, I'm only saying these because it's just surprising how many guys are free agents, right? Uh, Brad Wanamaker, Kimball Walker, Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh, Tomas Sadaransky, Rajon Rondo, Alfred Payton, Brandon Knight, of course, Frank Jackson, mm, Tim Frazier had a little small run in the league, Carson Edwards, Chris Dunn, Quinn Cook, Darren Collison, still listed as a free agent, even though he's like 40, Marlo Chalmers also, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, he's still only 31, it's crazy. Trey Burke, Eric Bledsoe. Oh yeah, Bledsoe. 
Bledsoe's chalked. <laughs> didn't didn't he sign and and get in trouble like right after? Yeah, with, <laughs> with sign with Taiwan. I, I guess they cut him, so he's still a free agent. So Lou Williams, um, David Nwaba just got. I'm not cut. mad. I'm not mad at you having maybe not the best bench, but you can't yeah. have no bench. Tyler Johnson. Uh, like PJ Dozier had a, was really good last year or two years yeah. ago till that injury. I mean, Tyler Langston Johnson Galloway has still shown a lot of Tyler Johnson's played a lot of good NBA minutes. Yes, very good. Avery Bradley's out there. I can't believe, um, I can't believe Langston Galloway is only 30. That's crazy to me. He's Seems a like free he's been agent in the too. For a long time. Yeah. It's a good shooter, it's, man. Versus a lot of Moses Moody putting up bricks all day. Galloway's a fucking sniper. He is. He absolutely is. Crazy. crazy. Sterling and, Brown. And all those guys are affordable. Sterling Brown's only 27 still. I mean, and he's another guy who's, he comes in there, he takes good shots. He doesn't waste his minutes. Etwan Moore is 33 now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it's just it's there's just options. That's the point. There's, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of options. options. It's a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes. Chandler Hutchinson. I mean, he wasn't good, but he had a a nice run of NBA playing time. Dwayne Bacon. The Lakers never picked him up, even though they worked him out. Lance Stevenson is out there. I mean, there's I mean, it's just weird weird to struggle when you got guys like this. Um, available. Um, Lawawu Cabarrow, Rodney Hood, your boy James Ennis is out there. No, I don't want to reach too far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I already feel like we're uh, we're reaching for some of these guys because some of these no, guys not... will remain free agents and rightfully so. They will. I'm just. I'm only mentioning guys who have. I've played a lot of NBA time. That's all. That's all I wanted to bring up. Like Bazemore is is done pretty much. He's played a lot of time, especially for the Warriors. Um, you know, Harkless, Aminu. We know the other names mainly, but yeah, man, it's a lot of options. I mean, it's I, for your bench to struggle with with Carmelo out there is just crazy. Uh, so yeah, we'll see know, what man. happens. I. I, I doubt if they do anything because of financial financial reasons, but I think the team has to make a decision like, hey, do we want to win? Do we want to go for it? You know, and with the bigs, we talk about Wiseman, Jermichael Green having problems. There's other bigs out there. You know, they, there's bigs that could actually help teams that, again, I didn't even get to the bigs. There's a lot of bigs who have had a lot of minutes, so – a lot of NBA time. Yeah. So yeah. We will see. Uh it's getting it's getting close to the time where it's like, look, we gotta do something though. I know it's early in the league, but around Christmas, if you don't like I feel like around Christmas, looking at your record and at how you've been playing, you really need to start making decisions. Yeah. Because you think about it. 
Boston was kind of a rare case that they made like a new year, new year's adjustment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was drastic. We don't really see that often at all, especially at that point. Yeah. Normally December is really the last chance to turn the season around. It is. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. Well, um, anyway, that's all for us today. You, well, do you have anything else? No, right? No, that's it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us, subscribe, and um, we'll see you guys next time.